October 17th, 1999. The first ever Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival went on back when an influencer still meant someone who convinced you to take drugs. Fight Club was number one at the box office, prompting thousands of young men to fill that blank spot on their dorm room wall. 311 told us all to come original, despite the fact that track sounded exactly like down. Meanwhile, in Cleveland, Ohio, Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin clashed for the WWF Championship at no mercy. The pimp daddy is in trouble. This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the attitude era of WWE 20 years later. I'm your host, Aaron Benoit, joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Welcome aboard the Hello Train! <laughs> and experiencing this all for the first time is Eric Silver. Uh, happy to be on the podcast where uh, I've watched one specific match like five times as compared to the rest of the pay-per-view. And we'll get to that, but I also have watched that match four times at this point and have loved every minute of it. God, it's so good. Unskippable. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So, so good. Uh, So, in addition to Fight Club, the story of us and the Omega Code were in the the theaters. Uh, But since none of us went to Bible Camp, I don't think any of us saw the latter of those. What's the Omega Code? That sounds dope. It, it's like one of those, like, left behind, like, a, a Christian got enough money to make a movie, and they put it in theaters, and, like, everyone at their church had to go see it, and so it winds up in the top ten. It also um, sounds like, yeah, a, I mean, uh, it sounds like, like a fake wrestling finisher in, like, a WWE 2K video game, like a generic finisher. Or, uh, yeah, it would be, it would be a, um, a Charlton Heston-type wrestler. Who, like, does the Omega Code, you know? Isn't that the tag team between Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega? Ooh. You got Kenny Omega and the Code Breaker? Yeah. I don't know. The story of us is actually uh, X-Pac and Orange (laughs) Cassidy. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. That's a dark story. Orange Cassidy tries to lighten it up. That's going to get dark. I almost did a very, very awful segue there. Um, Most Def's Black on Both Sides was one of the albums released at this point. Um, Fantastic uh, advancement for hip-hop culture. Uh, I think following right after the one he did with uh, Talib Kweli, Black Star. But then... The number one song in the nation, and I couldn't remember if we've talked about it before, but is Santana featuring Rob Thomas, Smooth, which had to be... What a heinous song. I mean, like, what an absolutely heinous song. They should have been brought to The Hague for crimes against humanity. If there was ever a a case to be made that brainwashing doesn't exist, it's got to be this, because if... Someone could harness that kind of mass power at once. They would have done it then. You know what I mean? Like if they didn't do it then, there will never be something nearly as like ubiquitous as that was ever. 
That sounds like a, a pinky in the brain plot right there, which I did, Bobby. I've there watched... was a pinky in the plane. Yeah, there was a plot for that in I've... the first and uh, second Animaniacs. Maybe? Uh-huh. First, I've uh, I've watched the Animaniacs reboot, Bobby. You're right; it's delightful. Um, and also, I'm watching the uh, the Ducktales reboot, which is very good too. I really well, admire um, giving kids like long form storytelling and and trusting them to go along with it. And you've heard the latest announcement actually this week about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That one I am less excited about. Um, I, I was explaining the Disney Afternoon to Natalie yesterday and how it started with uh, Gummy Bears, DuckTales, um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and uh, Tailspin. And how every year... Um, every September they would take off the first one there. And I was really excited when, uh, gummy bears left. Cause that was my least favorite of the original crew. Of and then oh, but, I loved gummy bears. Uh, not me. Um, whatever, man. <laughs> and then DuckTales got the X and we had to start off every day with Chippendale rescue Rangers. And I was very salty about that. Cause DuckTales was probably my favorite out of those. Although I also said if I could have any Disney property that is not Star Wars or Marvel to play around with, I would want to do like the Jon Favreau live action version of Tailspin. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. And have pirates, it, dude. Um, they were like uh, sea sky pirates. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, okay. I liked, I liked Duck, I liked DuckTales. I liked Tailspin. Uh, I really liked um, Gummy Bears. I thought Gummy Bears had some good storylines. Whatever they like, they did they did interesting stuff with with uh, the Duke. Um, <laughs> but I did not like. I did. I really was not into Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Like I wow. never wanted to watch it. I never. I was just. It never appealed to me. I always waited for it to be over. Okay, well, first of all, if you're not getting, like, the Chip and Dale, Bert and Ernie sort of, like, homoerotic storytelling happening here, maybe that's why it resonates so deeply with me, because what mm. are me and Nathan, if not Chip and Dale? Yes, 100%. <laughs> so Chip, Chip and Dale aren't related? Wait, they're... they're not related? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I think I, it, I uh... mentioned it. I was like, I don't know. But, like, are Bert oh, and Ernie man. related? No, Whoa! Man. No, Absolutely of course not. not. And I think that they have very similar energy there. Yeah, it's the same story. Um, yeah, it's no, energy is one thing, but they're both chipmunks and they both look alike. And so you're saying I don't know? Chipmunks know. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> no, wait. Chip is very svelte, while while Dale has a much more like bulbous nose and buck teeth. Yeah, I think they're just friends. I don't see anything. Jim and Dale are two chipmunks who started a detective agency. They're just two chipmunks. <laughs> they met on Grinder and they started a detective agency. Are Chip and Dale? This is how. By the way, let's talk about Blossom after this. <laughs> um, I also they, want, no, they're but, chipmunk. They're anthropomorphic chipmunk brothers. Hmm. So I don't know. Your shit is problematic. I, or or maybe they lived together and they were forced to tell each other that they were brothers because the rest of the Woodland community didn't accept their lifestyle. I was like, oh, OK, the brothers are living together. Actually, well, yeah, no. Uh, Chip adopted Dale. Hmm. Uh, and there, it was a, you know, it was a, a thing about passing on the, you know, their estate. They, the picture on their on their Wikipedia is them skipping and holding hands. So I'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Oh, brothers can't skip? Interesting. I went to Comic-Con once and saw a woman dressed up as Sexy Gadget, and I didn't know that that was a thing until I saw it, and I was like, yes, I'm all about this. It turns out, yes. I'm, I'm, I, I, I take it all back. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, it's great. It's fucking great. And the How fly, Jack, this? The fly? There was the fly that like was pretty awesome. Zipper. Dope. I love Chippendale yeah. Re- Rescue Rangers. Don't care. Y'all are wrong. But also Tailspin slapped hard. It was basic. Cause I think, yeah, wasn't it Tailspin some, was great. It was like uh, Cheers uh, in for, for cartoons. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, because they would hang out at like Louie's, right? Louie's Bar, yeah. 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 But it was also like kind of like a, I don't know, like, uh, like a, a Humphrey Bogart type situation too. Yeah. Yep. Like the African Queen. Yeah, that was also the first time I I ever saw um, autopilot in like a very like DIY way. <laughs> Do you remember when when he Baloo just jammed put autopilot the jam the crowbar in there? Hell he yeah. would like he would like put a he would like tie the crowbar to the yeah like he put the the crowbar would be tied to something mm-hmm. but yeah it would be jammed into the wheel. And I was like, that's so smart. I'm gonna do that with my car. <laughs> Uh yeah, Darkwing Duck was great, and then after that, Ooh. then you you get into your Timon and Pumbaa and your Bonkers, and it just wasn't as good. The magic wasn't there. out of my out of my age range. Yeah, but fucking gargoyles, man! It always comes back to gargoyles. Gargoyles or Tailspin? Disney, give me one of these properties and the time to develop it, and I will make you a billion dollars. The fucking like live action quote unquote gargoyles would be so fucking dope. I like cannot uh-huh. believe they haven't done it yet. What uh-huh. is wrong with everyone? Yep. We also talked They're about just my waiting my... for Andy Zirkus to be done with his latest and, project. And also, we also talked about perfect... my sexual attraction to the female gargoyles before, right? Oh yeah, yes, the we gargoyles have. were okay. de- gargoyles were super fuckable. I think mm-hmm. that's just that's just that's canon, right? Well, they all had like chiseled features, huh? <laughs> <laughs> real good frag energy there <laughs> and that all really reminds me of uh smooth featuring rob thomas and santana oh, oh that's what i was gonna talk about <laughs> okay i by the way the whole thing with with like the the santana like duets uh thing that he released mm-hmm. it just seemed like santana was just kind of like i don't know he doesn't he didn't seem very like mentally present all the time at that point and I, I just remember thinking like yeah i think they're just kind of wheeling him out and he'll just play a guitar solo and then whoever he's teaming up with kind of like takes on the burden of writing the song and none of the songs are that good yeah i mean like, I-, I was super 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 into wyclef in 1999 oh. <laughs> and even even that song i was like oh no 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 maria maria <laughs> Like, yeah, but, uh, smooth. You literally, say? you couldn't honestly open your eyes in the morning without <laughs> hearing that song. It like it played out of microwaves. Like it just was everywhere. <laughs> like literally, anytime you turned on the television, the radio, uh, truly the vacuum cleaner, Rob, Tom, Rob Thomas would come fucking bleeding out of it. It was un. It was inescapable. Inescapable. It's like it's the soundtrack of like a suburban uh, housewife trying to feel sexy. 
Oh, making margaritas in like um like margarita yeah. glasses that look like they should be fancy like whimsical glasses, but they're definitely made of plastic. But they're plastic. They're horrible, cheap outdoor yeah. sound. You know what I mean? When you like, clank them together. Possibly possibly trying to seduce somebody who works for them because like the husband's away on like a business trip. I'm seeing so much like a uh, glass, like big glass patio furniture tables. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a set. She, there's a there's a sarong involved. And let me tell you, if if, if this is sarong, <laughs> I don't want to be right. There's nothing so right about it. Oh, if if smooth was around in in the seventies, that would have been the soundtrack to the graduate, not not Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, that song was like It Follows. If I hear it now, I'm like severely like triggered. I'm like, must run. Get out of the suburbs. You're not safe here, Bobby. Go. <laughs> or else forget about it. All right. Um, so we are on the build to Survivor Series, I guess, at this point. Um, kind of, but keep in mind what's happening backstage. Like we're just like fresh off of the Vince Russo exit, which happened while they were in the UK, and so they're kind of like this is like a transitional pay per view mm-hmm. where they're trying to like make sense of things, but kind of tie some things up and move some mm-hmm. things along, uh, because they're sort of like le- like half left with Vince Russo's ideas that were half baked to begin with, and like weren't written with an ending in mind. So they're sort of trying to like wrap some of that stuff up here. And we're also trying to wrap up a lot of things because our last four deep dives, I think, culminate in matches at this pay-per-view. But before we get to... There's a lot I'm very confused about, by the way. Like, we'll go into it Mm -hmm. when we get into details. But there's, like, certain... The timeline has fucked me up. I am now in, like... I'm in season six of Lost right now. Um, Before we get to the pay-per-view itself, though, some things going on on Raw and SmackDown... Uh, Vince has made a deal with the referees. The strike is over. They're able to go back to their jobs. There's tension going on between Chris Jericho and Mr. Hughes. Stephanie is feeling the after effects of getting hit in the head with a trash can. The headbangers have reunited. Big Show got some bad news. We had Draws's final TV appearance, which was just him puking into D'Lo's bag on GTV. And finally, we had the passing of Gorilla Monsoon. Do uh, do we cover Big Show's bad news later? Because yep. I don't know it. Right? Next deep okay. dive. The bad news is you have a program with Big Boss Man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't but, kill the messenger. Just just kill Boss Man. But so that brings us tonight to the No Mercy U.S. pay per view, which I mean they couldn't have just called it like Revenge or Fight Back, or they had to use the same name as the one that they used for the UK pay-per-view earlier that year. Very strange. Apparently this Vince liked this name. He just really liked it. And they must really like it because it also was the name of the video game that uh, came out mm. on 64, I believe. No Mercy, Raw vs. SmackDown? Nine. Was that it? Um, I think it's the one that was just No Mercy. That was, their uh-huh. six, that was like, so WCW killed it. Like has like one of the most famous like uh, video ga- wrestling video games of all time. That's like still like ranked as like the best video- wrestling video game ever. Um, there's like a Nintendo 64 game. They literally call it. They're made of blocks. It's so fucking like ridiculous in hindsight, but it was so fun to play. Like even as like a teen at this time, preteen at this time, mm-hmm. I was play. I would play the WCW game all the time, even though I had no idea who the characters were outside the context of the game. Yeah, it really nailed the line between arcade and simulation really well. 
Yeah, and it was just fucking like the pacing was right. Like the, it was just the right level of complexity in the controls. Like it was fun. The crowd had like the energy. And I think that was like one of the earlier ones to bring in sort of like entrances and weapons. And weapons. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Blood. I, I, I think that might have and blood. I think was might have been uh, an earlier one, or at least like blood that's like triggered in specific ways. There was like all these like little neat things that I think were like very that now they've like been elaborated on to the point where it's like almost unplayable because like, it's so complex. Like trying to play a WWE 2K game where I'm like, okay, I really want to pick up this chair, and I'm trying to find out the complex button alignment to allow me to pick up the chair. Where in the old games it was just like a button. Now you got the chair. Now you hit him with the chair. Now you drop the chair. Yeah, there's like too many layers of like depth and complexity mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to to all of these. But anyway, no mercy though, beloved brand. They just wanted to, you know, sound it sounded cool. And what better way to uh, start off this beloved brand with footage from the Iraq invasion? Yeah, that was Desert Storm, right? It had to be. They showed like oil fields on fire. Yeah, and like <laughs> I was like, what? Why? Night vision with missiles launching. And then it ended with Stone Cold will wage a war until the battle is won. But I think you're supposed to win the battles before the war. I don't know. Right, right. Like if you if you um, stop the war at the at, at your first battle victory, I think you lost the war. <laughs> this is coming from the beautiful Gundarina where you can take a train or a horse to get there. I have to say, Gundarina. If you just have to say it together, you know, like Gundarina. It's like um, it's like it's almost like Thumbelina, right? It's <laughs> like, like, a, like an Italian delicacy. <laughs> hey, it's or like a, get the Gundarina. It, it's a it's an Italian delicacy, but it's also an Italian uh, sexual disease. So, <laughs> oh, he's got Gundarina. It's a cured meat, and in Italian, it's gundarina, but but Italian American Americans call it like gundaroo or something like that. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> hey, you got a you got a, the gundi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bobby, um, Bobby, go get your uh, your gabagool and and go make a regat pie while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was uh, cleaning my gundarina. <laughs> Maybe gundarina is like what gun is short for. <laughs> Gun, gun has to be short for something. I was talking about this off uh, off air once with with you, Aaron. I was like, uh, "Gun needs to be short for." We something. We didn't talk about that on the pod. As a word, I don't think so. But yes, yeah, the idea that gun is just the word and not short for something is very weird. Right, like it should be short for like gunovation, yeah. or you know what I mean, or gun darter. You know, like it's weird that it's just like, oh, it's a gun. What's this? This thing is a gun. Oh, okay. You're talking about it like it's an award. Like, oh, I got a gun ovation. Oh, you got a gun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my e-gun. Uh, so, okay, I want to talk about the No Mercy logo because okay. it, it to, to me it looked like a sex swing. It was gonna... like hanging on chains and it was like it was wide and on chains. I don't know. It just had a very like that paired with what I can, I, I'm calling it the didgeridoo uh, house music. <laughs> okay. Uh, just it gave it a real sex club vibe. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a darker episode of SVU. I can see that. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, what's we, wrong, Stabler? You don't like to get a little wild sometimes. 
So wait, so are you saying the font looks like the same font that you would use on a sex swing? Or that the, the No, the the font looks like a sex swing. Like yeah, the, the logo suspended. itself looks like a sex swing. Yeah. Uh I don't get it. Uh, I, no, I, I back you up on this. Okay, no, if Bobby says it, then it is. Like that <laughs> when it comes to sex swings. If one of us is going to uh, put their stamp of approval on it, it's definitely going to be Bobby. Yeah, um, I, I know you're you're probably looking it up on on the internet right now. Uh-huh. It's the it would be like if you put in No Mercy 1999 logo. <laughs> oh, sync it up oh, in one, oh. two, three. It's oh, the third. Got result. it. Got it. I see it now. Yes. Yeah. It's not just like the it's not the typing of no mercy, right? Or, it's like you have to you have to see the chain. Or just a child swing. I mean, I guess uh, sure. Yeah, but this is more menacing. <laughs> if this was a child swing, I'd be like, oh, this is like a good son situation. Hey, hey Aaron. Hey yeah. Aaron, life hack. Every child swing is a sex swing. <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking of, we start off this show with the Godfather. But where are the hoes? Oh, here they are. And the first hoe out there was so energetic. Wow. Not was, dressed up. Not dressed up at all. No, but she, she was she having the right time yoga, of her. She was sashaying her hips in ways that though they were independent of her body. It was like, yeah. honestly, they, she could not close her mouth. Not that couldn't close it, but I mean, couldn't even slightly <laughs> close it. It had to be at max capacity. <laughs> Fully open, like a like a whale shark coming down the ramp, getting baleen in her in her uh, or getting like krill in her baleen. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, I, also, I can't stand this bit that Godfather does every single time. I call it "Got your hose." I got your hose. <laughs> I'm like, I'm coming out. I've reformed. I'm no longer a pimp. No sir, no hose here. I'm just kidding. Here are the hose. <laughs> Gotcha hose is very good. <laughs> no, no, Godfather, give me my hose back. Give me my hose. Oh, okay. Um, he okay. I I, I want to also call out that Bobby talking about how she came from yoga. I said she came from crunch, but I agree. She's mm-hmm. de- this is definitely post workout hoe. <laughs> <laughs> she had all. It was definitely leg day too, because she was like jelly legs down that. <laughs> Just one too many sets today on the squats because she was certainly got it. she had her she didn't have her sea leg let me tell you that and and and, and not to what's good for for the goose is also good for the gander the Godfather's vest on the front on one side says pimp and on the other side says cox c o x x All right. Okay. I didn't see that, but yeah. Okay. He, he, yeah, this guy pimps cocks too. Maybe Pimp it was cocks. a play on words for the, the you know, the uh, antagonist in Greece, Patty Simcox. Instead, it's going to be Pimpcox. And it was just sort of like his Punderdome kind of thing. Well done for saving that bit, Poppy. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then we get Midian and Viscera. Just every fucking Dennis Knight match. <sighs> I don't understand how we do. How was this match so long? It felt so long. It I, I looked so at long. it. I, 
I, I, I did the same thing. I looked at the time and, and I was like, is it at 10 minutes now? Like, we, I remember the last pay-per-view, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Like, we had three matches done by now. And this is like so much. And it is so slow. Now, first off, um, Midian and Viscera have stolen the Acolytes music. I think like nobody oh, cared. They? they were in the back and they were like, anybody got Midian's music? Someone was like, Midian is music? They're like, no, 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 just put on the Acolytes. <laughs> and then um, it is now canon that Midian fucks dead livestock. Which, yeah, what? Agreed, God. but... <laughs> just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it. Uh, you think it's rude? <laughs> it's just like, look, man, let him do whatever he does. I did like here. I mean, there was the two. I, I was very into commentary because there was truly nothing to watch during the match itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like the the a lot of how they kind of like made sure to like lean into him being like a fun sex mm-hmm. worker. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're like these are good natured hoes. Now not, I was like, oh, now those mean prostitutes down at the dock. Like, these are good <laughs> natured hoes. They have hearts of gold. And so I liked that. Uh, that was fun for me. And then uh, at one point, JR said that Viscera was literally blocking out the sun, which I thought was very funny <laughs> because they're yes. indoors. <laughs> yes. Um, I got very annoyed that Tim White let himself be distracted by Midian in this match. Yeah. Who's uh, Tim White? Uh, the ref. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. I would and actually, stare at paint drying than see, then watch Midian do. Li- Midian could be on fire, like doing like uh, keg stands. And I would be like, no thanks. I'd rather watch his paint dry. <laughs> well, I like along those lines, uh, when they were out, when they were like outside the ring and, you know, they're doing the normal thing of like throwing each other into the barricades or whatever, there were like fans touching Midian. And I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Who wants to touch him? They're like, oh, man, I'm never washing this hand again. They're like, are you sure, dude? And that's how we have coronavirus. <laughs> I actually. Right, Midian is the original pangolin. He gave it to a bat. Yeah, that's how we got here. The Undertaker was a bat. That's how it spread. But we've cracked the case. I actually had a question for Eric during this match because I realized at this point in our watch through, I now recognize four referees by name, by sight. And I'm wondering how yeah. many referees do you know now, Eric? Uh, I know Earl Hevner. I know Mike Kyoto, um, and Teddy Long. Okay. I think maybe three. Okay. Oh, and who's the guy? who's the guy who like... He look. He always looks like he like just woke up, and he's like he's got like sparse uh, hair on his head, and just like real swarthy looking dude. You had me until swarthy. I thought you meant Jimmy Corderas, who just kind of always looks like a sad sack to me. Yes, Jimmy. Corderas, I think it might be Jimmy Corderas. He looks like a nerd. He looks like he's kind of. He just looks like a kind of like balding. Like he would be like um, working in a library. <laughs> Otherwise. There's Mike Kyoto. Um, Mike Kyoto Mike seems like um, a co- uh, like a college football coach at not a good school that has a football <laughs> team. <laughs> yeah, by the um, end of, by the end of this episode, I was able to add uh, Mike Kyoto onto my repertoire as someone that I could probably recognize by face. I know now. Now I, I only know uh, the only ref I know by name that's active. I mean, I know the Hebners. I know Mike Kyoto. I know obviously uh, <laughs> Jimmy Gorderas. Uh, Tim White, and then now Rod Zapata is one of the newer refs that I know. 
There's, uh, you know, uh, there's a few others. You know, I think we're seeing Teddy Long pop up throughout these we're watching now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, and of course, I know. Aubrey yeah, I guess it must be Jimmy Corderas that I was thinking of, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He looked. He looked especially like, just like his facial hair thing uh, was was especially uh, scrub scruffy. Oh wait, so are are you talking about Tim White? He's he's a bigger dude. Maybe. Bigger. He's kind of like uh, you guys aren't gonna get this reference, but I hope somebody listening gets this reference, which is that Tim White. Looks yeah, like- Tim White. He looks like uh, Toby from Degrassi grew up. And I wish, you know, as anyone out there who gets that, please like let me know. Because there's a very little overlap in the Venn diagram of people I could talk to about these two things. And um, Yeah, I'm not up to Degrassi yet. I'm and, in Mary Tyler Moore show now. And it, Oh, happy 95th birthday, Dick Van Dyke, today. Yeah. Um, and do you mind if I uh, skip on to the end of this one? Not at all. Oh no, I'd love to <laughs> continue with this. Because so Wait, what ends... was the by the way, what was what was the crown chanting? Were they chanting we want puppies? Yes. Ugh, fucking idiots. Okay. Now you can skip. <laughs> okay. So it ends with a hoe train to a cradle to an attack by Godfather on Viscera. But then at the very end, Tim White looks like he's having a seizure as the hoes are dancing on top of him. Okay, and it's just me, but some of those hoes were straight up grabbing his dick. I was yeah. like, okay, ladies, ladies, pull back. It's called acting, okay? <laughs> this is KFAB, all right? We're not going to do that. KFAB? Why do I keep fucking that up? K- <laughs> KFAB, right. It's a, it's a, it's a KFAB apartment. <laughs> it's K-fabulous. It was, it, was, uh, it was K-fabricated. Those were shoot hoes. I mean, that's what, I don't know. That Don't quote me on that. I don't mean that literally. But, like, they were giving him a shoot hand job. I'll tell you that much. I was like, Jesus, lay off of Tim's balls. He's a married man, I think. And then we go to a package where we learn that Triple H has a makeup effects guy. Yeah, I watched this and I was like, is Triple H Two-Face? Like, <laughs> he looked like he had really set himself up to... To get even more evil, I guess, after his face is messed up. So on a Raw, on the lead up to this, it's actually the same one where uh, where Austin teamed up with JR. It ends with them fighting backstage where Austin throws Triple H into a locker room and then it pans over to the shower where there is a live rattlesnake, but there's also a pane of glass between Triple H and the live rattlesnake that you could see the floor reflected on. Oh, boy. But then on SmackDown, he comes in with his face all messed up. He's like, I, I can't do this anymore. This is my life. I'm, I'm giving up the title to you, Austin. And then, aha, I it actually was not bit by the rattlesnake. I killed the rattlesnake with my bare hands. I mean. Uh, sure. So then we get this promo from Triple H where he actually says... <laughs> Vince McMahon, what a maroon, as though he's Daffy Duck or something. Yeah, it was a, it was quite a promo because I, I could like, he like I, he kept going like I forget who who was he more upset at? Was he more upset at Vince or more upset at at Austin? I can't well, remember. He says that Vince McMahon, the biggest idiot, is like then no no not the biggest idiot because actually Austin is the bigger idiot. And I will cerebrally assassinate him. Yeah, he was that promo was cerebrally assassinating my brain. (laughs) Um, In fact, they they cut that promo while he was in the middle of a sentence. I don't (laughs) like, you know, like there was something he was in the middle of saying or like he 
like you know his you know when like you hear somebody's tone and it sounds like they're about to keep going uh but like they just stopped after it was a complete sentence because they're like this is good this is good move on well we had to get back to the women's championship match Mm-mm. no we didn't <laughs> match of the night so then we learn that Ivory doesn't care about Mula's history, even though God knows there's enough of it to fill encyclopedia. <laughs> Pat your back, Ivory. That was a good one. First of all, encyclopedias have like multiple volumes. Does she mean like <laughs> a set of encyclopedias or like one book of a of a encyclopedia set? First of all, Ivory has never seen an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's going to fill this entire uh, CD-ROM, right? It's going to fill this whole Encarta. <laughs> also, it's gonna, is it under G or M? It's going to fill this entire Encyclopedia Brown mystery. <laughs> <laughs> is Great Moolah under G or under M? Here's the fabulous Moolah. So not for definitely Oh, fuck. G. Well, then it's under G. <laughs> Maybe for Grandma. Aw. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's... um. I don't know. It seemed uh, pretty insulting to me. I mean, we'll get into the match, but it seemed insulting to me, at least on first blush, that she's defending her title against, uh, what, 80-year-old? 70s. I think they're in their 70s at this point. 70s. Clearly, they, they value this, um, this uh, what would you call it? Not a League or roster? Division. Or yeah. Division. Division. Yeah, and I mean we've we've seen everything from that there. Um at least May is looking very sharp in her brown pantsuit. Yeah, very smart, very striking. Um And I'm to- I'm pretty sure Bobby you had the exact same jacket that Mula came out in. Oh, I'm almost positive. It's but like yeah, several the- different colors. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was an amazing Technicolor dream coat. Boo. No. What? It was a coat of many colors. Booing it. <laughs> good Dolly Parton reference and also a good reference to a community theater production that I was in in high school. One of my few um, forays into the theater. One of my few times walking to the boards. Really? Yeah, I was like in the chorus. No, I played I played an Ish- I played like, you know, a bunch of different little chorus parts in it. I was like one of the Ishmaelites. I had like one line. Uh, then I was like, you know, dancing and Go-Go Joseph and shit like that. I never saw that or or listened to any music from it. October 1999, we were definitely um, working on The Mouse That Roared at at the St. Mary's High School Drama Club. At this time, actually, I think I was doing uh, Macbeth, which was the only I did, which was a school play. Macbeth was a school play. The other one was community theater. Excuse me. Uh, um, so, Macbeth Bobby, we call it the Scottish play. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't have really um, shit to say about this match. It was yeah, because it was here. Okay. Bad. Yeah. So uh, the, first of all, the, did it seem to any of you guys that like some of it in the or in the beginning part seemed a little like edited or something? There, it, it there was like a choppiness to the to the to the cuts where it seemed like they were speeding things up or something. Like especially like it looked like like the fabulous Moolah was like clipping. Not that, that, not that I noticed. May was just like, hit me in the face. Hit me in the face the entire match, though. 
I mean, May, May's biggest, yeah, May's favorite bump is being on the outside of the, of, on the curtain on the outside and then falling off and just like smacking her head against the cur- against the curtain and then also against the, the ground. Like she took that same bump four or five times. I think it's like, it's her specialty now. But yeah, otherwise, I don't know. Um, I, oh, I, I did have a question. Uh, who do you think the WWE could do this kind of match with now? The only one I had was Diane Feinstein, but like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she would forget all her spots. <laughs> but she has the but she has the anger. You know what I mean? She's got that fire that she would be able to bring like. What she doesn't have in the training, she would have in the emotion. She would get backstage and be like, I'm sorry, I forgot to take the thumbtack bump as her picking thumbtacks out for Beth. <laughs> I, say, I say we do Mula and May as uh, Lisa Murakowski and Susan Collins. <laughs> <laughs> I think they kind of have the same energy of like, you know, going through. But I don't know. I think so. We we talked on our deep dive episode about how much we actually enjoy what these women are bringing to the production. Um, but it's just also kind of insulting to our intelligence that Mula at 76, 76 whatever years old is going to win in a roll up against Ivory. It was like a roll up that she had to like. It was like she was doing that roll up like she was looking for like uh, sucking candies in her purse. It's like she had to like do a couple like attempts at getting at mm-hmm. like getting the legs up. Yeah, this was no technical classic. Hmm. So then we went backstage. We got Vince's reply to what Triple H said, where we learned that the match tonight will be no disqualifications, no count out. And then we get petulant child Triple H. What? What do you mean? You know, just once I would like the guy to be like, fine, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Like, because first of all, like Triple H does is known for bringing around a sledgehammer. So you'd think if he was like, oh, no disqualifications. Cool. I know what to do for this. You know what I mean? He's a cerebral assassin. <laughs> be cerebral. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, I've always thought that that was kind of an unearned moniker. I don't know. What do you think, Bobby? Yeah, and certainly at this point, I think as time goes on, there's more diabolical sides of Triple H, but I don't, at this point, I mean, he's still wearing a Kangol hat. Can we really call him that much of a cerebral assassin? (laughs) So then we get the tag team championships, the New Age Outlaws versus the Hollies where they're actually in the doghouse in Cleveland. Uh, I I was not very interested in this match. Boy, does the Outlaws shtick start to wear thin right about here, I think. Oh, wait. And and before anyone corrects me, I forgot this was not for the Tag Team Championships because I'm guessing this is when you're getting a little confused, Eric, because we went a little beyond this with our Rock and Sock Connection deep dive. Okay. Right now, The Rock and Mankind are both the cha- the champs. That makes more sense. Yeah, that, that, that's right. an issue later. 
because they they also yeah they mention um rock not bringing out his belt mm-hmm. yeah i thought holly had like a uh, um a hardcore holly had a good drop kick uh but otherwise uh you know not this that met- interesting it's yeah this match didn't really stand out but uh Mr. Gun, uh, Mr. Ass's thong definitely did. No, it no did. one else. I mean, I, okay. Should we talk about? I, I feel like I more, didn't even I, notice it really. How did wrestling not normalize thongs for men more? I don't. I don't get it. I feel like I don't know. Everyone's like, "Cool, they're all wearing thongs. That's fine." And I'm like, "No, everyone thinks this is fine. Why are we doing this more in real life? It's very comfortable. Plus, no panty line." I can't say that I would find it comfortable, honestly. I, I don't like the I, I don't like the feeling of something like you know like riding up my cheeks. Like I, I I pick wedgies all the time. I've never tried it, so I won't knock it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not knocking it. I'm just predicting based on you know, like you know how how I felt with somewhat similar you know c- circumstances, right? Well, all I'm saying is next time you guys train for your next half marathon or whatever, that at the end, when you're feeling your most toned, you should put one on and just see what it feels like. See, see, see what your butt looks like. Hmm. Borrow one of Talia's. I'm sure butt. she'd love it. Peak butt. No, get a man thong. It'll be more comfortable. I think a woman's thong would be more... You know what? This is a weird tangent we're going on. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? I think we're done going down this road. Yeah, I'll just dress in a I'll dress in a man thong and wrestle Diane Feinstein. I'm gonna fucking love it. <laughs> just me, hard, uh, hard, hard. What gorilla pressing her? Um, there was a scoop slam by Hardcore Holly there that really looked like he dropped Road Dog on his head. I didn't have. Fortunately, the braids protected him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have a lot for this one. There wasn't a lot to give no, on this same. one. Um, I thought it was weird that they went for the DQ finish, but then also thinking ahead of what we know that eventually the Hollies are going to challenge and win the tag team championship off of the Rock and Mankind. It makes sense to protect them here and give them that win that gives them some kind of credo for the title shot. I like this. Um, I when, when, In researching this, Producer shared a funny story about Hardcore Holly um, that just at one time, I don't know if it's directly related to this time period. It was just sort of like an anecdote um, that one time they asked all the guys like ideas for like creative or whatever, like what they should be doing. And Hardcore Holly was just like, I got an idea. Give me the title. <laughs> it was just like his whole pitch. <laughs> like that was the story. Was like, I have the title. I beat everybody. And that's it. That's my idea. Give me the title. <laughs> it was like so funny. And also he said that he, that he, he hated Crash Holly. So like in real life, so this is i mean i just think makes everything all the sweeter oh i love i'm gonna watch with that with that knowledge coloring it from here why did he hate crash holly he just apparently just didn't like like you know that this guy got this other guy got put in and like to like ride the fucking like uh wake of his gimmick the bob holly wasn't like tales yeah yeah (laughs) Okay, so now we get the conclusion to another one of our deep dives here. After a very long recap of the Jeff Jarrett and China feud with, like, weirdly manipulated footage. Yeah, I was like, what is going... Oh, what is going on with that? It was like, why are we underwater? 
So this one starts with uh, a bit that they haven't done since WrestleMania 13, back when the nation was still Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega. Jeff Jarrett brings out the kitchen sink. It's not a sink. It's like a fucking. It's a. It's like a the molding for it. it like I feel like a kitchen sink needs to be porcelain to be like impressive. My, Otherwise, you're just bringing out like a a piece of aluminum. My kitchen sink isn't porcelain. Is yours? It's not. No, it's not. But <laughs> I, I think I think I think the the older the okay from the, when the everything but the kitchen sink was invented as a as a phrase. I think kitchen Ooh, sinks tread were lightly, a lot. Tread lightly because we're gonna call you oh. on this one. So tread <laughs> oh, I know. lightly with this the origins it's, it's, of the phrase kitchen sink here. <laughs> It's about water and blood, and and that's all I remember. Because you know, if you say the origin of that phrase, we're gonna call you on it. So, <laughs> you know, words. okay, I'm gonna, I'm sticking my, I'm sticking my neck out there. I think when that phrase started, that that kitchen sinks were uh more were like more along the porcelain side, like they were, you know, they were made out of something that was like hard and could crack. Like, look at Lethal Weapon Three. Uh, the, you know, the big thing with Lethal Weapon 3 was like, they, you know, they made a joke like, oh, they're hitting them with everything. And then you see a kitchen sink like falls out the window and cracks. And it was like a, a big porcelain type of sink. I think that's what, that's what the spirit of that phrase is. It's not like the, you know, the, the metal molding that your pipes run through and it just happens to be in your kitchen. Like it's, you know, it's got to have sink quality. I mean, or we could just go with the type of sink that all of us have in our houses, and people think of this one that goes. What I'm hearing? Oh, oh, you mean you mean twenty years later? Come on, Eric. What I'm I'm trying to look on this with older. Self-talk. I'm hearing a lot of negative self sync talk. This is what I think this is. Uh, the phrase originated around the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then they don't say, but what I'm inferring is when the when sinks were made out of bigger things, out of out of more, out of something that hurts more than just aluminum. That's what I'm gonna stick with. All right, you heard it here first, folks. So, I guess the question is: Is this a um, satisfying conclusion to this story? I would say mostly. Yeah, I'd say so. I think this is a pre- I think this is a decent ass match. Yeah, it was fine. My my big comment was uh is is this a ring or a freaking bed bath and beyond, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they had so many they had so many uh household wares. What's going on? Why did they have pies? Uh, but yeah. I yeah, it was definitely fine. I thought it was more like a bodega because there was a lot of weird things that don't necessarily go together. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I can get cake supplies here or a whole fish. Uh, I can also get an ironing board. Like, that seems like only a bodega would have all those things. Oh, I was uh, I was, also, I was so nervous when they were wrestling near the ironing board with the iron on top. Just oh, because, yeah, someone could burn themselves. Or more that they could tip over the ironing board and, and, and iron, which is a pretty heavy thing, could knock on them unprotected. Oh, I was just afraid that the fake iron was fake on. <laughs> and 
they could, you know, because I, I always get worried about an iron when it's on. Um, I we got the uh, household item rule, which um was sort of enforced. I don't know, like, cause uh, China hits him with a with a guitar, which is not a household item. I mean, I guess guitars are in houses. Well, so I mean, titles by uh, that and, logic. And <laughs> yeah, right. And so I want to. So that's the finish of this match. Um, and and I think that the there's something there that kind of colors this the wrong way for me where in the end we should be just like oh shit china is the first woman intercontinental champion and instead we're asking ourselves well does a guitar count as a household item i don't think we needed the screwy finish and the restart with all of the spots and everything that we already had yeah i agree with that yeah and I yeah, think, I really spent a lot of time wondering about guitars. And I think the rules and the logic of this are a little weird. Like, there's when China's in the figure four, and after they've been beating the shit out of each other with pots and pans, but there's still a rope break when she gets over there. Yeah, that's sloppy. Right. I do think that yep. the false start, restart uh, rule, though, it was like a callback to their last match. Definitely. Or that the UK match. Yeah, yeah, where they had that. I think that was what they were going for. But I agree. It would have been more impactful had it just been. It was already such a goofy match full with so mm-hmm. many like so many silly spots that they could have just done a regular finish. Especially and, since in the end she was going to win. And a lot of the silly definitely worked for me. Like when Jeff Jarrett picks up the tongs and I'm like, what are you going to be doing with that? And comes to the top rope and then China gets him away and grabs him by the dick with him. Like, that is good. That yeah. is funny. I like that. Yeah, I indeed. actually wrote when I saw that I wrote I wrote thanks for the tongs, Kitty. Like, come on, man, <laughs> you got, you're gonna pass tongs to him? Yeah, why don't you give him the oven <laughs> or the iron? Um, there's the moment where China goes for the pedigree, but instead JJ knocks her over and her ass goes right in the cake, and made me think there is definitely an OnlyFans out there that is nothing but that. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm sure yes. someone wrote that spot very specifically. <laughs> and then, and then China sits on a balloon and just slowly pops the balloon. Um, and I liked Miss Kitty getting slopped. Yeah, it's been a while yeah. since we've seen some slopping. Though there was like the mud wrestling uh, thing we've been seeing recently, but I do, I, I liked this. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, the slopping made her hotter. She looked good after the slopping. Maybe that's my thing. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah. So at the end, China is the first woman intercontinental champion. And as she should be, all is right with the world. And then we get a long recap of everything the British Bulldog has been up to. No, don't want it. Oh, it's his. Is this his debut? I do wonder when Bulldog wrestles in jeans, is that when he's at his most bizarre? <laughs> this was the most boring match of the night for me. Um, I, I, I have just, I have zero zero notes. Yeah, I paid um, way. I, here, uh, I said Bulldog uh, Rock looks like a star. Bulldog looks like someone who peaked in high school. Yeah, I also just don't get like the i don't get the booking like I, is it is it to make bulldog to give more you know interest to bulldog because rock will make anybody good cuz like 
It it doesn't fit. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, this was a moment of of retribution for the Rock. Um, the Bulldog has interfered, and and they've been in each other's business for a while. So at the very least, it means that we don't have to see the two of them together, and the Rock can go on to more interesting things. Yeah, I guess. I spent. I just I don't know. Just felt like useless. Yeah, I spent most of this match paying attention to the Neon Twins in the front row. Yep. And I'm about mm. to send you a picture in the chat. This is from SummerSlam 1996 at the Gundarina. And I think those are the same people. Except uh, the guy definitely lost some of his hair and has grown a, a beard and a mustache at that point. Either that, or either it's the same people, or like there's like the neon avatar that gets passed on anytime <laughs> that there's a WWF show <laughs> in Cleveland, Ohio. I've got in my notes that uh, I've got the analogy Vladimir is to MSG as these two are to the Gund Arena. So then we get a, a recap from earlier in the night on Heat, where Mankind talks to the Hollies about his belt, and then he goes into the bathroom and talks about how he's smelling what The Rock is cooking, leaving a copy of his book in there. I know there's a lot as far as the timeline goes, but it turns out it yep, was Val Venus all along. So it's canon that Val Venus takes really, really stinky shits, right? It is. But, uh... At least we get to uh, finally get closure on the "Hey, you stole my sock" storyline. So, okay, I have, I have to ask a question at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So, has Mick tried? Okay, so what we we went through the rock and sock connection. Yeah, we saw another time that 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 Mick was trying. Uh, to give the rock his book. So has the has Mick tried to give the rock his book twice? So this happened before the time where he gives the rock the book and then it winds up in the trash. So we don't we still don't I still don't know what the hi, what the shenanigans were with the book winding up in the trash. No. Nah. Am I going to find out is this a deep dive or something? I don't know if it's deep dive worthy, but um I guess I'll let you know when we get closer to it. Or, or when it when it's happening, I'll let you know what happened if we're not going to do a deep dive about it. Sure, I don't think we need to do it. I mean, well, no, I don't know anything, but yeah, <laughs> I don't need that much more interest in it. But I don't think I we like, need what's going on. Yeah, I don't think we need another deep dive into uh, the Rock and Sock connection. I think we we pretty much covered the height of it, but we'll see when we get there. And speaking All of right. the Rock, the Rock came out to make up for his snooze fest earlier. JR called it a hard-fought matchup, and we all say, sure, JR. Uh, to do the, finally, the Rock has come back to, a blah, 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 only to be cerebrally assassinated as Triple H comes out with a sledgehammer. And then uh, my major observation from what happens after is, hey, that busty EMT is wearing a studded leather belt. Also, there's also yeah. lots of shots of people just rubbing the rock. They're just rubbing him. <laughs> <laughs> like, should, should someone like give him like medical attention, like wrap him in something, give him some ice. They're all just rubbing him. They're all just like laying hands. I'm like, what's happening? I mean, to be honest, if we were there, I know. If given the chance, 
I'll just like rub his shoulders. <laughs> I just want to touch creepy. him. Just, I just want to touch you. All right. So then we get Val Venus has disrespected the sock. Val Venus has disrespected the book. Mankind, meanwhile, is still backstage with the rock. And then he finally comes out and the match between the two of them starts. Early on, we get Mankind very quickly reaching into Val Venus's pants, looking for Mr. Rocco. Which yes. seems like more fun than it should. It should be more fun <laughs> than it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, also, yeah. Um, it seemed like like uh, Lawler was doing a, a, a really... He was, he was putting his all into making us think that he thought that uh, Val Venus's dick... Uh, could stretch like Stretch Armstrong, and also could uh, could look like you know cotton. If it was <laughs> possible, like, wait, wait, is that Rocco? Is that, are you sure that's Rocco? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's the Vig Valboski. And I'm like, no, we all know what this is. If it was possible for a, a dick to stretch like a Stretch Armstrong, Aaron in 1999 would have figured it out by then. <laughs> not for lack of trying, you did. That's that's for sure. But actually, Aaron's dick can pick up newspaper comics. If you like, if you uh, <laughs> flatten his dick on the newspa- on on uh, Marmaduke, you can get the whole panel on there. It's yeah, there's there's a Marmaduke. <laughs> actually, no, Bobby. There's there's a Kathy on my balls right now. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Ack. Ack. Um, I I. Mick Foley has definitely gone through a lot of abuse, and I think we we think of a lot of things as commonplace with him now, but still watching him take that suplex onto the chair head first, the fact that that's almost pedestrian to us at this point is really a testament to the body of work that mankind has left behind. It's literally a body of work. Yeah. It's his body. <laughs> and it barely works. Can we, can, can we call mankind Mank for the rest of this uh, episode, is that Sorry, a reference did, did you guys to something? That, yeah, that that uh, that Netflix movie, Mank, uh, about that that um, uh, David Fincher just did. It's like it's oh, about something about Herman Citizen Mankiewicz. Kane. Yeah, the writer of Citizen Kane. Is it good? Did you watch it? Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty good. I mean, it, it's it's it doesn't feel like a David Fincher movie in some ways. Like it, it's a lot more like. It's got a, an old Holly. It's it's like everybody's like, hey, let's do an old Hollywood movie. But, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting. I, I was into it. I really like how there's a um, there's a battle for what are we going to stream on Christmas Day. Netflix has the George Clooney movie. Uh, Disney Plus has Soul, the new Pixar movie. And then HBO Max has Wonder Woman 1984. I think that's going to be the one that wins out for me. Same. Yeah, probably. I mean, honestly, nothing nothing really interests me anymore, so <laughs> I'm, dead I'm a I'm a I'm a husk. Oh, Eric, what what did you think of that about the uh Sako versus Rocco at the end of this match? Did that spark uh, any joy? You know what? 
I, that was fun. I like that. I like that. I like that that we had two claws going after each other. And then I also like how um, mankind got both Rocco and Sako on both his hands and was coming at him like a big like a big crab. <laughs> like he was just like he could only walk sideways, and he was like trying like using his hands to try to pince. Uh, my radiator is banging. I, there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> It's all right. I've I had we had the the pipe the water pipes in my apartment went really loud for the beginning of this episode. I don't think it matters. It's all yeah, good. We'll just oh, like, uh, putting a little mark on the recording, so I know it's definitely getting picked up. Whatever. All good. What what are the you know for what they're paying? They can hear some fucking yeah, pipes. There you go. <laughs> this is what this is like. This is what it's really like living in New York, baby. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, you piggies. Take what you can get. <laughs> By the way, so, uh, well, that was obnoxious. <laughs> Keep it all in. Uh, so, uh, at one point, King says that Val Venus is, uh, the most underrated wrestler, right? And he's talking about, well, Val Venus, he's so underrated. He's such an underrated wrestler. And then the ways that he talks about Val Venus is underrated are all of the non-wrestling things that Val Venus does. Like, he, he's like, he's been in so many movies! And I'm like, but, okay, so maybe he's an underrated actor? He has a huge dick. He's an underrated wrestler, you guys. Yeah, it was just like, they were like, well, you know, Mankind's written a book, and Val Venus has made movies, and I'm like... When are we going to talk about the wrestling? <laughs> when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? That's also literally what people say at the beginning of this podcast every week. When are we going to get to the wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> you will listen to my opinions on the Disney afternoon and you will like it. Okay, are we ready for Eliminate or whatever it was with uh, <laughs> Next or <laughs> whatever it was with X-Pac? Get on the bus, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the dollar. See ya, bitches. <laughs> Raid my room with X-Pac, Kane, and uh, the Acolytes. I, Wait, I forget, I forget when, was, when was the, uh, the tag match in here? Oh, it was before the Rock promo that he gets attacked by Triple H. Okay. Anybody have anything yeah, else they want to say about that before we go on to, to these last two matches? It was incredible. Worth watching again. So if you watch it while you listen to our last episode, watch it again before this one. Because it's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. It's funny. I, I didn't realize until afterwards when you guys were like... I mean, I know I know you guys, I know you everyone was like, you know... Uh, uh, what's his face is the cucked vampire Gangrel is, is a to- super cucked vampire but like it didn't occur to me until afterwards when I was listening to the recording that like how cucked he was because they were literally like get the el- get the ladder so that we can win so we can replace you <laughs> <laughs> and he's like sure guys okay <laughs> and then the referee's like you're not even allowed to do that <laughs> Uh, yeah, so right, he got thrown out of the he got thrown out of the match that that he was trying to help to get ri- to make him uh, uh, <laughs> to make him obsolete. No, no longer obsolete. That's what I was getting to uh, to to uh, take a word from later Matt Hardy. 
So yeah, so we've got X-Pac and Kane and Farouk and Bradshaw, but people tag in, uh, but it's an elimination match. And also their teams, but they're not, and they're still going to fight. I'm like, I, bleh, no thanks. I The one thing I did like about this was um, when when both acolytes were in the ring rest, you know, fighting each other, I was like, you know what? This is good. They had like the 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 pacing of the way they were do they were like you know uh, using offense on each other was real fun. Yeah, and it's I, like after seeing these guys destroy other people, it's fun to see them turn that energy on themselves. I think there are a couple of things about this match that I like. It, and yes, Eric, definitely, I think one of them is how when the two acolytes get tagged in, they don't miss a beat. They're just like, "Fine, fuck you. You're the one that I'm coming after now." Um, I hate. X-Pac. I hate the character Me that too. he's doing right here. I think it's very annoying. I really understand Kane's frustration, but I think this match tells this story very well in a weird convoluted way. I okay, I think it tells the story in a very legible way is mm-hmm. what I'll say. Like they were they were very clear about what they wanted the yeah. story to do. I don't know if I I don't know if I care or if I like or if I find it to be a good story. Like I understand that they were like, you know, can X Pac survive with all of these these huge wrestlers? Is mm-hmm. he a, is he a small man in a big man's world here? Uh, will will his courage and heart win out? I get that, and of course they you know he does. Um, but like I, I I didn't care. It was like somebody like wanted to tell me about a dream, and I was like, no man, I don't like no, this. Isn't interesting to me. Was it Nathan? Is he calling you now? <laughs> uh, As we all know, only my dreams are interesting. <laughs> and just the there wasn't a lot of cool spots in it. There was a really dope spine buster that looked like it hurt like crazy. But other than that, it's like a lot of rest holds, a lot of bear hugs. Yes. They also kept talking about X-Pac's heart like he was the Grinch. Like <laughs> they they were like they were like, "Oh, it's it's three sizes too small. Oh no, X-Pac's heart's it's growing bigger and bigger. Somebody get him some roast beast." <laughs> oh, what's he going to do to Whoville? Mr. X-Pac, why are you taking our Christmas twee? <laughs> Fuck you, Sally. Um, uh, Cindy Lou Who. Yeah. Who is no more Cindy, than two. Fuck. It's Sunny Lou Who in this version. <laughs> <laughs> who got covered in who, who goo? Is no more than, who is no more than like 42, but, you know, smoking eight packs a day. God, wait, uh, seriously? Who downloads X-Pac? Seriously, guys, who got covered in goo? We're not going to cope with that. That's a good point. All right. And so before the main event, then we go backstage where The Rock has been hit by a sledgehammer by an enormously muscled man. And their uh, remedy for this is to wrap a bandage around his midsection. It's compression. Yeah. Um <laughs> Normally he'd be dead, but thankfully that bandage is keeping all of his organs from falling out. <laughs> and then we get the main event, 
Austin versus Triple H, no disqualifications, no countouts. And I have to say that this has been my favorite Steve Austin match since I want to say at least WrestleMania 15, if not before. That would make sense. I mean, considering the shape his body's been in. I he mean, hasn't I, done anything since, yeah. I feel like I've been watching this, and I, I it was hard because I, I initially was like, oh boy, here we go again, brawling on the outside. But then I was like, oh, oh, actually, that's fun. Oh, this is fun. Ooh. Like, and I, uh, it was, Same. It felt more creative and a little bit more balls to the wall, and a little, it felt less time killy and more like they had thought it through, the, mm-hmm. the outside spots. It, it just felt less like they were sort of like, uh, kind of you know uh pushing their way through a bunch of chairs and more that they like had these these moments planned out which gave it a little bit more drama well i mean also uh like when they were doing that whole sequence on the hardwood floor i mean like you can't gimmick a hardwood floor like that you know like that is a little bit you know that that's a lot more mm-hmm. impactful to me um I definitely thought of you, Bobby, I, when um, they were fighting in the crowd to the point that you couldn't see either competitors. And then who comes to the wrestler, re- the rescue? It's Dotson. We got Dotson here. <laughs> Dotson, <laughs> we got Dotson here. I love when he pops up now. Um. So yeah. So I. I. Uh, I. You know. I. I do get kind of bored with the with the out in the crowd stuff, especially when they overdo it. But I agree. This was better. I liked I liked when uh, Austin had that spot with the boom camera. Yeah, that was where great. he like totally. he swung the boom into. Yeah, very cool. Um, it also made me uh, ask a question: Has there ever been a match uh, where they've gone into the crowd, but it was like two unpopular wrestlers, so like nobody really gave a fuck or wanted to be like you know crowding them in? Did they ever do? Do Do you have to hit a certain level? of like over with the crowd for them to be like, all right, you guys go out into the crowd. No, I think it's like when you give offer someone a free t-shirt, it's like suddenly everyone will do whatever yeah. they want. You know, be like, Oh my God, am I on TV? Woo! Midian, yeah. Wait, Midian and Crusher are here. <laughs> oh my God. I want to touch them both. Right. And then afterwards you're like, it's XXL. Like who, I can't ever wear this. <laughs> you know, I still have a bobblehead of like, um, of like the hosts of Good Day New York that I got from uh from like a Brooklyn Cyclones game and I was like now I'm gonna keep it because fuck it like no wait it wait, 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 wait 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 we need to go we need to go back if we're gonna bring up this story because you were so mad at two people that I we know mad. for showing up late are you telling me that I don't get to get the hosts of Good Day New York bobblehead because we are so late getting into this arena. No, it was more like it was more like they were being they were run they were like uh late and and made me like travel by myself and I was like I like uh did all I everything I could to like leave on time and I basically had to go by myself because they were running late and then we weren't even gonna like we were excited to get like the you know the free handout thing. It they were being inconsiderate. I was right to be upset. <laughs> and now you have but, Greg Kelly and Rosanna Scotto on your mantle. Yeah, and I'm never gonna get rid of Greg <laughs> Kelly and Rosanna Scotto. In fact, just today I was I was looking up at it and going, Greg Kelly and Rosanna Scotto. Do I really still need this? Should I just throw this out? And I was like, No, absolutely not. Well, if you do, After I'll take it because. 
Because you, yeah, because you know what happened. Here's what happened. Our 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 one friend who was very late and and inconsiderate. But then afterwards, he went scouring uh, through the bleachers, looking for the toy, looking for the the giveaway that some people just like leave, and he found it. And he was like, "Oh, hey, I got one." And I was like, "You motherfucker!" And he's like, "Uh, here, how about you have it? Because we were late." I'm like, "Yeah, you better, you better, I fucking take that." I think you're not giving it away because then you just open up the floodgates, and then it's like, "What else is Talia gonna get, make me get rid of next?" That also, that as well. You know what they say, as goes Greg Scott and, 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 and what? <laughs> so goes Greg, the world. Greg Kelly. Greg, Greg Kelly and Rosanna, Rosanna Scott. Scott. <laughs> yeah. Greg Kelly and Rosanna no. Scott, so goes the rest of all the shit in my apartment or whatever. Everything first, but the kitchen came, sink. First, first they came for Greg Scott and Rosanna. Uh, oh, now I'm doing it. First they came for Greg Kelly and Rosanna Scott, and I said nothing, for oh. I was not a, a bobblehead. <laughs> I think they did come for Greg Kelly, really, though. Isn't he canceled? I think he got canceled. Probably. Uh, I don't know. I, I used canceled. to love um I used to love watching the soup when they would bring in clips yes. from this was this was before I lived in New York. I was living in Maryland, DVRing the soup, and was excited every time that they would go to Good Day New York and uh Greg Kelly. Oh, you mean like they would comment on something yeah. ridiculous that they yeah, did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a clip of him just going science that they would repeat all the time. Okay, well he's going on to do Newsmax TV, so maybe you should get rid of the Greg Kelly bobble. Because <laughs> now he's well, like, what's Rosanna Scotto doing? <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to throw out the I'm not going to throw out the Greg Kelly with the with the Rosanna Scotto bathwater. Or wait, you know what I mean? I'm not going to throw out the I'm not going to throw out the Rosanna Scotto with the with the Greg Kelly bathwater. She's still doing the Good Day New York. With Lori Stokes, good for her. I'll, I just have I have to update my pop my bobblehead then, and that's a lot like the action when it got back into the ring. <laughs> oh yeah, I really liked the uh, the dueling finishers with the referee knocked out. I thought that yeah, was good. That was great. Yeah, and then uh, well, it's 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 really weird to hear Lawler call a match. He's not mm-hmm. good at it. <laughs> And then to see Earl Hebner giving Triple H the business when he tried to uh, force himself around. I thought that that was good payoff for the referee storyline that we've been following. Yes, uh, although hard to believe that that Earl Hebner could shove Triple H even once, let alone twice. I don't know. He's uh, He's got that nerd rage built up inside of him. Sure. I built it. I built it. I bought it. And I built it. You built it. <laughs> oh, you mean it's the Earl Hebner shoving uh, Lego set that you built, you bought, <laughs> exactly. and then you built. Exactly. Oh, man. Lego wrestling? No, never mind. It would look uh, bad. No. I don't would, want it. It would not look good. It would, <laughs> it would look like one of, the, one of the older wrestling video games that you yeah. guys were talking about. Yeah, just play No Mercy 64. <laughs> so uh do you want to talk about the end sure thing rock comes in with a sledgehammer goes for triple h inadvertently hits austin in the leg triple h is able to take out the rock and roll up austin for the win then china helps uh, triple h a- escape in a limousine she had the limousine running um 
one, I, I saw something thrown into the ring after Triple H won, and I was like, is that a tomato? It wasn't. It was like some big red thing that got thrown into the ring, and I wasn't sure if people were like – there was a little bit of garbage being thrown. I wasn't sure what, what was going on. I Obviously, you know – because here's another thing. In that ending, um, before, you know, before Rock came with the – with the sledgehammer, uh, there was a really good sequence with um, with Austin and the chair. Like he was giving Triple H the business with that chair. Like, oh that yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was those were that. I mean, like you know, we all we talk about the chair shots and how scary it is, and with modern eyes. But like, just to see somebody actually look like hit somebody the way you would want somebody to be hit with a chair and see him do it over and over. And with that kind of emotion really, really sold it. It was really good. And when he fucking swept the leg with the chair too, and then just like started pounding on him, I thought that was awesome. And the, yeah. And the crowd lost their shit. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was wondering if like, if they were kind of uh, worked by the, by the ending. Oh, definitely. They were, did not we're not happy definitely i miss honestly i miss when you could throw shit in a wrestling ring and get away with it not during a match because i don't want anyone to trip on anything but if you're pissed off at the end of a wrestling match hell yeah throw some shit in the ring at him yeah it's not even disrespectful i feel like it's like it's the custom Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah you're 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 uh engaging with the product Anyone else have anything to say about this match? I do not. Nope. Then we got one more thing to do. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. And actually, the Slammies are coming back on a Wednesday at 10 in the morning. I don't know. So what, are they shooting them in Europe? <laughs> I don't know who planned that out, but... I don't know. I'll probably tune in. It's that Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be cocktail ready. It's going to be the last day of classes before Christmas break. So I'm not, I can't so play a you're movie. You're going to give your students your own version of the Slammies is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I know what I'm doing the rest of my night, but I could go first for this one. Um, I'm going with the uh, the POD award for that spot that we mentioned in that final match where here comes the boom. Yeah, okay. here comes the boom. POD. Yeah. If you don't remember the band, I'm sure they're going to get uh, overdubbed with some bad generic music in some recap packages coming very very soon to the WWE Network. Uh. I'm going to give my Slammy Award for this one's on the house uh, to Road Dog, who uses as a finisher a move called the Pump Handle Slam. He has that little bit of like um, sort of like humping them beforehand. And so I'm going to give him a new name for this finisher, which is the Hump Pandle Slam, which I think is much better. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. yeah, I was I, I was really at a loss with with uh, this one, but I think I'm gonna give the um, unexpected debut award to uh, the. I think we might have gotten our first like song credit, Chiron, like a taste of modernity before. I think it was like uh, before Triple H, like in, during Triple H's um, uh, entrance, or maybe a little bit before. 
they played Oh Hell Yeah by H Blocks. Sure. And I mean, it's a it's a it's a far cry from Flowrider, but <laughs> uh we're on our way, right? Like this is, you know, they they literally this is the beginning of them being like, "Hey, with you know, this song is playing and you can get this song on like WWF The Music Volume 4." And we can't be that far off from uh Triple H's Motorhead theme. Yeah, it happens. I think it happens actually when I'm in the gap of when I wasn't watching. So we may have a little bit. What's that? I think I think we still have a little bit before that happens. No, his original Motorhead theme, because he has two of them. Remember? Oh, right, 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 right. I'm thinking of yeah. the most uh, recent, and I was like, oh, that's a while off. The uh, the first one definitely comes in the year 2000. And speaking of changing years, we're going to be taking off All right. the next two weeks for the holidays. Uh, sorry, you're going to have to uh, get your fix elsewhere, but feel free to go back into the archives and listen to any of your old favorite episodes in the meantime. But before then, love us, disagree, want to hit us with a camera boom, let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Pod. Or tweet at us individually, Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slow Pass. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you again in 2021. That's when they're going to uh, flip the switch, right? And the coronavirus is going to be all done? You idiot. All done. There's not going to be a 2021. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking the 2021 for pizza afterwards. (laughs) It was a plant.